Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for tuning in. This is a place where I talk about health and wellness and optimizing your body and your mind and everything like that. I am so excited to have an announcement today. This is so personal and really has nothing to do with my business, but we bought a house. And if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, you know that I have been thinking about buying a house for a long time, thinking about where I want to live and what I kind of look for in a community and what I kind of look for from a health standpoint, you know, as a biohacker and and somebody who really cares about optimizing my health. It's a big deal actually where you live for multiple reasons. And it definitely played a factor into the house that we bought. So we bought a four bedroom house and it is in a small town in Ontario and north of Toronto. And it is, it's great. It's it's honestly really great. So we kind of, I mean, there's a lot to this that I'm, I'm not going to get into on this specific episode. I might do a full episode on like optimizing your home for your health. I think that would be very interesting. And I know when other people have done episodes like that, I always learn something. So for example, Ben Greenfield has a few episodes on that where he kind of go through goes through like how he biohacked his house. But when we were purchasing it, there were some things I was definitely looking at. So first of all, right now we live in an apartment that we own and we are just outside of Vancouver in BC and uh, like about 45 minutes outside. And we are in a town that is quite busy. It's like a commuter town. We're in like the it's still basically a city, I would say. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of pollution in the sense of like we're not out in the boonies or the wilderness. We are right on the ocean. So there is that factor, which definitely, you know, has some health benefits to it. But being in an apartment does have limitations when it comes to health. So things like EMF is a big thing that I think about, like radiation. There is noise pollution, like I can hear the traffic outside right now. There is light pollution, so there's street lights. We are on a corner, so we are actually right by the traffic lights, and it like shines into our living room. Now, I have blackout curtains, so it's not a big deal, but it's definitely not the same as living in darkness and quietness of a small town. And so when we were kind of deciding, hey, I think it's time that we move on, and I think it's time we kind of move somewhere that's a bit quieter. I I really wanted to move somewhere that nature was more at the forefront. And there was less, less people, less traffic, less pollution, and more calmness for my own nervous system, for my husband's nervous system, for kids, all these things. And it was just a big factor. And so... When we were looking at this town, it's in Muskoka, and we used to spend our summers there, actually. So we have a history of living there, and we have family really close by, which is really important. And more than that, it is a town of 20,000 people with, you know, a ton of tourists every summer, for sure. Like, you know, I think Muskoka gets about 2 million tourists a year, but it is a town of 20,000 people spread out. And so it 
yeah, it just made sense for us to kind of move on to something that reflected our values a bit better. And we're really excited about it. So we bought this house and it backs onto greenery. And then on the other side of the greenery is a golf course. And that was really important to me because I did not want to be deep in the suburbs with, you know, kind of everyone looking into your backyard type of vibe. I, especially because I'm building a custom sauna as well. So I, and I, to be honest, I like to sauna like naked or like topless. And so I was like, I don't think it's going to work for us. You know, I, I just don't think that. Yeah. Anyway, and, or I wear a bikini and it's just like, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I was like, no, I want some privacy. So anyway, so we found this house and it backs into greenery, like a forest. And there's like animals and bears and deer and fox and all these different things. And so that was a really big, really big decision for us was, hey, I want to be have this green space. The streets have no lights on them, which is fabulous. They're, we have neighbors on both sides, but they're not super close. And it's not densely populated. We're not in a high density place where there's condos and townhouses. It's nothing like that. So I'm really happy about it. I'm excited to see how I react over time to living in a place that's quieter and how my health changes. I think it's going to, yeah, I think there's going to be pros and cons and maybe I'll do an episode of that, you know, next year after I've been there for a year because I debated this so for so long of this idea of isolation versus solitude. And it's like, okay, I want the solitude. I want the peace and quiet. I want to open my door to my backyard and forest. And I don't want to hear cars. Like I want to hear the birds type of vibe. And, but then on the other hand, it's like, okay, I don't want to feel isolated. I don't want to feel like I don't have a community or I don't have friends or I'm just this lone person living out in the forest, you know? Like, so it's this, it's this balance and it's hard to kind of know what to do with that and and where you stand with that. And I think that I'm at the point now where I was ready to kind of move towards a bit more solitude of a space than where we are right now. However, it's definitely not on like 10 acres and no one's around. It's nothing like that. So it, it's a it's a happy medium. I think it's going to be great for the next like five, 10 years or longer. Who knows? And I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I will also be building my own home gym, which I'm so excited about. And I posted this on Instagram the other day, but I'm looking for brands that are very aesthetic for gym equipment. So what I mean by that is very minimalist, natural materials like wood and less plastic, less black leather ugly gym equipment or like painted weird bright colors like I just want it to be like a calming space so if you have any places that you recommend especially that deliver to Canada please hit me up on Instagram at biohacking Brittany and let me know because I am looking for quite a few different things like I'm looking for a bench for sure and more weights mirrors for the walls also pads on the on top of the carpet and I think that's a good place to start. I do have some gym equipment already and I have my Peloton. So we'll kind of add to it as we go. But I really want to make an inviting space. And then outside that door, that's on the, this is in the basement outside. It's like a walkout basement. 
outside that door will be the sauna that we're going to build. And I'm so excited about it, like about this, because I have wanted my own sauna for so long, like so long. So I think we're going to do a four or five person sauna. And I'm off. I'm on the fence on what type of sauna to get, to be fair, to be honest. Part of me really does want a, you know, biohacker sauna in the terms of infrared light, near infrared light sauna, you know, even with red light panels added to it that you can control from your phone, all of these things like Clearlight Sauna, for example, that company. But the other part of me really does want like the traditional wet sauna where you turn it on and there's the rocks and you can add the water to the rocks and it steams. So I'm on the fence. I, yeah, I'm definitely on the fence. Personally, I feel better when I use a traditional sauna. And I think it's because the temperature is higher, I think, in traditional saunas than the, than infrared light saunas. So I think there's more endorphins and more of like the feel-good chemicals that are released with traditional saunas. At least that's how I feel. I typically always feel hotter than I do. I I always sweat more and I, I enjoy it more. I just I just do. However, I fully understand that the infrared saunas have deeper penetration through the skin and through the layers of the skin and being able to really detox you from a deeper level out. And I, I understand that. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. My husband prefers traditional saunas. So we will likely go with that just because I think we're kind of both leaning that way. But we will be building that in the summer this year. So May, June. And I'm very excited about that. So again, if you have any recommendations of companies that you like for saunas as well, outdoor saunas, that would be fabulous. Because I'm really thinking about the materials used in terms of what type of wood is used. How does the wood fit together? Is there glue? There shouldn't be any glue. Like just, you know, questions about the materials because obviously they're heated. And then you don't want things to off gas while you're sitting in there, especially because it's warm. And so just like a bunch of questions about like quality and safety and health. So anyway, so that's my announcement. We bought a house. We move May 1st. We get it May 1st. So it's a it's a few months from now. And I will do a full tour with you. <laughs> and what that really means, which relates to the business, is that I finally will have my own office. I have been working online since 2018. And I have never, ever had my own office. I've always shared it with people. I've always shared it with my husband. He works online as well, so we can work from anywhere. And now we have enough space that I can have my own office and my own space. And I am so excited about it, which means that I finally get to actually film my podcast episodes. I'm going to make a very cool background. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it'll be cool. And the podcast episodes will be able to go on YouTube. They are on YouTube right now, but it's just the audio file. So I'll be able to record it and just have things look a lot better, more professional, have my own space. And I'm just really excited about this next chapter. So today's episode is all about health span. I posted this on Instagram today. I made a quick video about how to optimize your health span versus lifespan. And 
I thought, hey, let's make a podcast episode about this because a lot of you thought, think it's interesting. So we are going to dive into that. And before I do that, a shout out to Bioptimizers. This is my go-to brand probably for this year for basic supplements. So I take their magnesium, I take their digestive enzymes, their probiotics. So does my husband. I actually give a lot of it to my brothers too. I have two brothers and I send them a lot of bioptimizers because they love it so much. So if you're looking for any type of those products, any products like that, I definitely recommend that. I actually just recorded a video yesterday about all of the benefits of magnesium for women, especially in relation to balancing your menstrual cycle and your hormones. So magnesium is so important for this. It's important for regulating ovulation. It's important for reducing PMS symptoms. It really can help with any cramping. It can also help with fertility. And it's just really important that we're getting this because we don't get enough magnesium from our food. So look into magnesium if you're not taking it already, especially if you're stressed out. You definitely, definitely need to be taking magnesium at least one cap a day. There's a whole protocol you can follow on their website about increasing your levels and then stabilizing after that. And I actually did that last year. Bioptimizers Magnesium has seven different types of magnesium in it. So it's full spectrum, which is great because it covers all your bases. So you don't need to worry about, hey, what type of magnesium do I need? For what problem? Like for stress, for cramping, for sleep. You get everything in one capsule. And I think that's super, super helpful. So enjoy that. And then a shout out to Bahe Shoes. These shoes are so cool. They are basically sneakers. They're very stylish sneakers that also ground you. So I have a pair of them in white. And I usually wear them when I walk my dog because I don't walk barefoot out in the trails. I mean, I could, but not right now, I guess, not in this weather. And so it's really nice having these shoes that ground you and are really great for earthing. I know a lot of people are into grounding and earthing and care about the impact it has on our health. And a great way to do that is to use shoes like this. They have a ton of research on their website. They explain all of it, how it works. And they're really nice shoes. That's the thing too, is like I had another company a couple of years ago send me theirs and they were really not stylish and not something I would actually wear. Whereas like you look at these and they're very minimalist and and they just look like nice shoes. And then you find out that they actually ground you to the earth. And it's awesome because now you just get all these extra benefits. So you can use my discount code with them. That's Biohacking Brittany and everything will be linked in the show notes for you to try. All right, let's dive into this episode. Most importantly, what is the difference between health span and lifespan? So this is becoming so popular. I think a lot of us are learning how to understand this and what this means. But health span is essentially how long are we healthy for? How long are we in this state of optimal health or close to optimal health? Versus lifespan is simply how many years you are alive on earth. Health span is interesting because I guess it's kind of subjective on when your health span has decreased. And I guess you could also argue that your health span decreases every decade if you don't take care of yourself or even if you do take care of yourself. So 
I think for the case, for this case, I would define it as, let's say 75% of all systems are functioning, functioning optimally. So that means like physically you are up early in the morning, you sleep well, you have the physical ability to work out, you can do all all or most of the physical things that you want to do in terms of lift things, push things, run, you know, you have the aerobic exercise endurance as well. You can go for long walks, you can do, you know, whatever it is that you're into, sports, play sports. Same with mental, like your mental health is about 75% or more on the way there. So, you know, there's more good days than there are bad days, I think is the easy way to define that whether it's depression or anxiety, PTSD, anything like that. We can also talk about emotional health. So emotionally, you're in a good space where you feel good about yourself. There's self-love, there's confidence, there's self-appreciation. There's an understanding that some days are good and some days are bad, but you love yourself no matter what and no matter how you show up, those types of things. And so that's kind of how I would define it. And I think what we see with this is that a lot of people say that, you know, you spend the last third of your life in a really poor state of health. So let's say from ages, I don't know, 60 to 90 for the, for the easy math for this, right? And during those 30 years, you're looking at things like buying a condo because you don't want to walk up the stairs every day in a house. And which eventually leads to less and less mobility of your joints and painful joints, which leads to maybe medication that you're taking, which has side effects on it for your gut health, which leads to digestive issues or skin issues. And it kind of is like this cascade of problems that kind of get worse and worse and kind of stack on top of one another. And that's what we see with a lot of a lot of people, if not most people, in these Northern American societies. And I, you know, there's there's so much we can talk about in terms of like who's to blame for it. I think that on the one hand, you can argue that every single person should be taking responsibility for themselves and for their health. And I think that's a fair argument. I think that you have the ability to decide how you're going to show up every single day. And what you're going to do for your health today. Are you going to eat crappy food and sit on the couch for eight hours? Or are you going to move your body, cook from home, cook something nutritious, try buy organic, see friends, get adequate sleep, not be up until 11, 12 p.m. every night, those types of things. So I, I think there is a, a sense of personal responsibility with this. And then on the other side, I think there is also a sense of societal, socioeconomic responsibility or part, meaning the way that our society is structured, at least Western society, is structured very much around work, school, and then work. And this looks like, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five, eight to six, whatever it is. And you're spending the majority of your week, your awake hours working. And when you're working, you are typically, not always, but like you're typically sitting a lot or you might be active. You might have more of an active job. There is almost always an element of stress, no matter what your job is. And it kind of ebbs and flows. 
some some jobs definitely have more stress than others. And then there's obviously the stress that comes with or the management that comes with having a job, right? So showing up, commuting, how much are you getting paid? Is it enough for your lifestyle? Financial worries, financial stress, dealing with people. Like, you know, the list goes on and on and on. One of the most important biohacks for me is grounding, taking off my shoes and connecting with the earth. There's lots of benefits to grounding, but a big one is how re-energizing it is. However, it's not always practical because we honestly just can't be barefoot all the time. That's the exact problem that Baja has solved with their game-changing grounding shoes. Life's hectic and going barefoot isn't always in the cards. By combining high-performance running shoes with grounding technology, they allow you to be grounded when you're on the move when going barefoot isn't possible. They are all about exercise cubed. It's not just about working out. It's about blending exercise, the great outdoors, and grounding. Your holistic well-being all in one pair of stylish kicks. They're not just another shoe brand. They're the first to fuse grounding tech with high-performance shoes, and you can feel the difference as you kiss goodbye to fatigue and stress. I know I definitely do. They currently have two different models, a traditional cushion style, which I love, and a more minimal barefoot style with a thin sole and wider foot designed for the ultimate natural feel. You can keep it real with their simple, cool, and versatile designs if you're hitting the gym, grabbing coffee, doing errands, or going out for your daily walk. If you want to get these, you want to get the same shoes that I have, I really recommend you do. And if you're ready to be more grounded and healthier, you can head over to baje.co and use my discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY to save 10%. I really recommend these, and I think they are the ultimate companion for every biohacker out there. And so the way that our society is structured can really put a damper on this idea of health span. How do we be healthier longer if we are working from the age of, I don't know, like nine, uh, like what, 21 maybe? 21 to 65. If we're working these very long weeks, very long hours where we're sitting day in and day out being stressed, and then after work, you might have a family, you might have people who depend on you, you might have other responsibilities that really just wear you down over time. So that by the time you get to this last third of your life, to be honest, you're freaking exhausted and you're done. You're done with work, right? Like you're over it. You're over it. And you just want to do nothing. But then your health has really deteriorated from all of those years of those decisions that you unfortunately just don't feel that good. Like you don't have the ability to potentially do the things that you want to do. And on top of that, on top of the way we have structured our days and our weeks, we also have the economic part where food and healthier choices are often more expensive. So for the average family of four, it's going to be cheaper for you to go to McDonald's than it is for you to go to a grocery store and buy all organic food or local food and make something at home. It's going to be more time. It's going to be more money. And why would you want to do that after you just worked a long day? So there's a lot of elements that are at play here when we talk about health span. It's not as black and white as some people might say it is. And there's definitely no shame or judgment on the decisions that you make from my part. 
I completely understand if you've had a rough day and you decide to eat poorly, you know, or or eat food that maybe is not as nutritious for you as possible. So we'll we'll word it like that. I understand that because I've been there. But I think at the end of the day, it's how often are you doing that? And what can we do about it? And so that's why today's episode is all about health span versus lifespan and how do we increase health span. Knowing that the socioeconomic aspects we are up against are very difficult and are not in our favor, like straight up, they're not in our favor. So it is actually very difficult to increase your health span. It is. It's not for, it's not that it's not for the faint of heart, but it's just requires a lot of dedication and determination and awareness and education. And again, not everybody has all of those things and not everybody has access to all of those things. So I really encourage you to give yourself grace when you're listening to this. Take notes, send it to people who need to hear it, (laughs) especially if those people are, are potentially in the last third of their lives. Because the other thing I will say about this is that you can work on increasing your health span at any time, at any time. If you are 21, if you are 70, there are decisions that you can make today that will make for a healthier tomorrow, no matter how old you are. And the more proactive you are, the more preventative you are, the better. That's And that's been my approach with my health. And I've talked about this before is I have seen the elder people in my life who are not as healthy as I would like them to be or as healthy as I would like to be. And it is very motivating for me to make healthier decisions now so I don't end up like that. So let's dive into this. So I've written out some ways that we can increase our health span. The first ones are definitely general. A lot of them you'll probably know And then I'm going to get into more niche things, more things that are kind of off the cuff and not everyone will have access to or understand, but that's what biohacking is about and we will cover all of the bases. Okay. First and foremost, it would be remiss if I did not talk about your diet. This is probably, honestly, this is probably the most important one out of everything. If your diet is not locked in, I would say that the rest of this probably doesn't really matter as much. Your diet is so important because it makes up your body. These macronutrients and micronutrients are the building blocks for everything, for your skin, for your hair, for your organs, for balancing your hormones, for your detox pathways. And we really need to be giving our body the nutrients that it needs. So focusing on a nutrient-rich diet filled with fruit and vegetables, nuts, seeds, protein, healthy fats. There's some people who prefer, you know, omnivore and vegan and paleo. And there's like so many different ways of eating. However, I would just focus on being nutrient-rich whole foods in general. I don't personally... Personally, I eat dairy and I eat meat. So like I'm kind of careful with dairy. There's some dairy I have, there's some that I don't. But that was that's kind of always what's worked for me is this idea of like paleo, mostly paleo. Although I know dairy is not included in paleo. But at the end of the day, the, the most important part is the nutrient-rich part. 
So are you eating processed food? Is your dinner made out of processed food? Or is it like vegetables and protein and you put it together in the oven every single night? That's a great place to start is the less processed, the better. How many boxes do you open every single day for food? But actually though, like, is it cereal? So you open your cereal, which is in a box, and then you open your milk, your nut milk, which is in a box, which has 20 ingredients in it from nut milk, which is ridiculous. And then you open your crackers later on, that is also processed food, or your granola bar when you are on the golf course, or your, I don't know, like it just goes on and on and on. So it's like, how do we reduce the amount of things that we're opening and eat more whole natural food? So instead of doing cereal with nut milk in the morning, can we choose something like organic grass-fed Greek yogurt and add in berries and nuts, which are natural foods? And instead of crackers, can we choose something else? Why do we even have to have the crackers in the first place? Why can't it be, I don't know, cheese with like homemade pickles, fermented pickles? fermented onions. I don't know. There's so many different things that you can do or pickled onions is I guess what I mean. But I just encourage you to really look at more natural foods as much as possible. There are some people who really swear by the Mediterranean diet for longevity. There is quite a bit of research that supports that. And I think that's fine if you are willing to try that. But I also think it's fine to just focus on a whole foods diet in general. Okay, next. Regular exercise. So this is another pillar that is super important. Some people recommend, you know, about 150 minutes, which is two and a half hours of moderate intensity aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity activity per week, along with muscle strengthening activities on two or more days. So essentially you want to be engaging in aerobic exercises and strength training. Aerobic exercises are like walking, running, and cycling. These are great for the cardiovascular system. It's great for your heart. And I think this, I personally don't follow a certain, you know, model like this. I exercise every single day. It's either an hour walk with my dog outside in the morning, or right now I'm riding my Peloton. But some days I do a weight training program at home, like a workout at home, or I go to a Pilates class on the reformer. Like there's so many different ways that you can work out, but I think it needs to be a part of what you do. I I like when I was, I think I saw this on Instagram. Someone was talking about how exercise should be like brushing your teeth. It's just like something you do every day. It's not this, oh, do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? Oh, I really don't feel like doing it. I don't have any, any motivation. You know, it's, oh no, this is just like a thing that I check off every single day for my health. Same with brushing your teeth, right? You brush your teeth every single day. It's great for your oral health, helps with cavities, helps with, you know, bad bacteria, all these things. So that's how I kind of view exercise now is I'm going to do it. It's just how, I'm, what am I doing and how am I doing it? And then I, I, I work better if I have a plan. So, you know, every other day I'm walking the dog and then the other days I'm doing Peloton right now. Great. Done. I don't have to think about it. I just put it in my calendar. Okay. After work today, I'm going to do a 30 minute ride and then I'm going to stretch 
And there you go. I think this is very important for health span because obviously, like I said, the healthy impact on your cardiovascular system, but also we really want to maintain muscle mass as we get older and we want to maintain healthy joints and ligaments. And that's where the weightlifting comes in or resistance training in general. So putting resistance on the joints and building that up over time is really great for bone density as you get older. And so we want to ensure doing that. That's why women, specifically women, because women are more prone to osteoporosis, that's why one of the most common recommendations that they get is to do weight lifting. So if you have, you know, osteoporosis or arthritis and you are having this pain in your joints, we really want to strengthen the ligaments and the muscles around it as well. So I encourage you to have some sort of resistance training in your weekly workout exercise plan for your longevity. Absolutely. Okay. And then the other pillar, probably, probably if there's three, this, these would be the three is sleep. You sleep one third of your lives. That's of your life. Like that's crazy. And I just want to encourage you to be neurotic about your sleep. I think that sleep is still underrated. And I think that we are slowly, slowly, slowly changing that. Okay. I encourage you to go to bed early. I think that for your longevity, you need at least at least seven hours, aim for seven to nine hours. But prioritizing good sleep hygiene by maintaining a consistent sleep schedule and creating a comfortable sleep environment is very important. So for me, I'm usually asleep by 9.30 and I wake up around six every single day. I have all of the things that block the light. So I use blue blocking glasses by Filter Optics. I will link them in the show notes. They're very stylish and they're really good quality. I have blue blocking curtains or sorry, blackout curtains that are really nice. I have lights that turn red beside my bed. So my whole bedroom is red at night on top of using the glasses. I also use an eight sleep, which is a bed cover. It's like a pod cover and it goes over the bed and it controls the temperature through water. This has been unreal this winter. I love my eight sleep. So I'll link that for you as well. And it really helps with temperature management when you're sleeping. So if you'd like to sleep super hot or warm or super cold, you can go either way and it helps you get better sleep because of it, which I just really, really love. And it also has different temperatures on both sides of the bed. So if you and your partner are you know, one likes to sleep hot, one likes to sleep cold, you can set that up. It's very easy. But I do think sleep is pivotal to increasing your health span. And our society, again, back to my original point, like our society doesn't necessarily promote this because we can be online 24-7 now. There's content, there's things you can consume. You can go on YouTube all hours of the night. You can watch TV. You can do all sorts of things. People stay up all all night, like all of all of these things, you know. And and now, as an adult, if you go to bed early, quote unquote, early, you are actually the anomaly 
So when I'm around people and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 8.30 and I'm yawning because once 8.30 hits, my brain goes, okay, it's time for you to go to bed. And I don't want to hang out with people anymore. <laughs> like I'm done for the day. I've been up since 6 a.m. And so it's interesting when you kind of don't do late dinners anymore and you go to bed earlier because people just find it so, I don't know, out of out of normal, like just abnormal, I guess. But it really does make a difference for your for your sleep. And now I know there are some people who are uh, like to stay up late at night and just do better like that. And then they sleep in in the morning. You know, maybe they sleep from 12 to 8. I, there's so much debate on this. I'm not a sleep expert. I don't know. I guess I'd like to sleep. I'd like to see their sleep data at the end of the day. Like I'd like to see if they had an aura ring, how much REM sleep, how much deep sleep that they're getting. And maybe it is possible that people are different and they, and that, that schedule kind of works better for them. I, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I think majority of people should be going to bed earlier and waking up earlier and kind of doing this idea of going to bed with the moon when the, when the sun sets, you know, and waking up with the sun type of idea. January is here. Can you believe it? How are you doing with your new year's goals and resolutions? Mine are pretty easy to focus on my well-being. And we all know that the foundation of well-being is a good night's sleep. So if I could do just one thing to improve my sleep and overall well-being, it is taking the number one mineral for that, which also helps me personally on so many levels, I can't even fully describe it. Yes, I'm talking about magnesium. Actually, I'm talking about that magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers. This product has seven different types of magnesium in it, which is involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in the body. Pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded when you take magnesium from the quality of your sleep to your brain function, to your mood, metabolism, stress levels, everything. And let's face it, even if you're 2024 resolution is not to focus on your health as it is mine. How are you really going to be able to achieve your goals if you're not sleeping well and if you're stressed out? You honestly need magnesium. So get the Bioptimizers full spectrum magnesium. It is my favorite. I take one every single day and you can go to my website with it, which is bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany and use my discount code biohackingbrittany to get the biggest discount possible, which I'm super excited for you. So that's bioptimizers.com slash biohackingbrittany and my code is biohackingbrittany as well. And that will get you a big discount off of magnesium and all of their other products as well. So enjoy that. And I hope your New Year's resolutions and goals are going well. Okay, next, we are going to get into stress management. This is a really, really important one for when we're talking about health span. Stress ages us so much. And we can see this physically on the outside, but we can also see this internally when we look at cellular function, how our mitochondria is functioning, things like that. So we really want to think about how can we work on our stress management through stress-reducing techniques such as meditation, deep breathing, yoga, or mindfulness. 
also having a healthy work-life balance and engage in activities that bring joy and relaxation. I think I was in a very stressful period last year. I spoke about it on my podcast last summer, spring, summer last year. And I really had to do a lot of a lot of self-reflection to figure out how to get away from that space and move on and not feel like that anymore. And sometimes that's what it takes. It takes a lot of self-reflection on why do I feel like this? How long have I been feeling like this? And what am I going to do about it? Like now that I've identified it, what am I going to do about it? And I really, really encourage you to take the time to do that if you're somebody who's in constantly a stressed out space because it is not great for your health span and is not great for your longevity at all. It kind of builds up, right? And you can tell the people who are very stressed out because they're triggered so easily. (laughs) And I laugh because I have been there. So these are the people who are, you know, so stressed with work or kids or whatever their reason is. And something very small happens and they flip out and they get so angry. You know, like maybe it's like the male or the the package that was supposed to be delivered today is delayed because of the weather. So it's only coming later in the week and you really wanted it today. And so you lose your mind and you're like super upset about it and you're angry and you're just like frustrated. Like those are the people who you're like, oh, you're very stressed out. You need to take some time to go meditate. We've all been there. And again, I think it's how often are you there? How often are you in that fight or flight mode? And how can we bring you back down to earth and to make you feel grounded more, essentially? The next one is, I mean, I guess there's a couple of like obvious things that we should, like I'll just mention, things like smoking, quitting like harmful habits. So smoking is a big one and limiting alcohol intake, very controversial. However, I do think alcohol should be in moderation. And I don't think it is great for longevity, even though there will be people who will say the people in the blue zones drink red wine. So I can drink red wine and it's good for my mitochondria and my cellular health and it's fine. I don't think that the people in the blue zones who live the longest, who have the the highest number of centenarians in the world, which is the people who are older than 100, I don't think their red wine is the reason that that is happening. It could be a potential factor, potentially, but I don't think it's the reason at at all. So I don't think you can use that as an excuse. (laughs) And I think alcohol should 100% be in moderation if at all. And I have slowly been moving away from alcohol for the last five years. And what this has looked like for me is in the beginning, I started taking months off the year when I wouldn't drink. So I think I did like, I think I did like dry January, April, October, November or something. And then I started increasing it because I started doing things like 75 hard and I started doing these cleanses and these challenges. So I've done 75 hard twice, which is three months, almost three months, and there's no alcohol in that. When I did my baby steps cleanse, there's obviously no alcohol for three months there. And so then I started increasing these like spurts of no alcohol to three months each. And now I'm not drinking right now. And 
I I don't know when I'll drink again. I don't know. I I will see. We'll see how I feel. I don't know if I to be honest, I would like to get to the place where alcohol is something that I have on occasion and that's it. Meaning weddings, holidays, and that's it. Christmas, you know. And it's and it's done through a lens of organic wine locally ideally. Definitely not cocktails and and that type of thing. And the other little, you know, I guess it's a couple of other small things I would say for health span before we get into the niche stuff is hydration is really important. So making sure you're getting adequate water. I like to do two liters up to a gallon a day right now can be very, very helpful for you. And then also weight management. Excess weight is associated with various health problems. This is very, very well known, very well researched and documented. And so maintaining a healthy weight, I think, is pivotal to a healthy lifespan. I don't think a lot of people follow that, to be honest, especially in Western society. I think a lot of people feel, I think a lot of people get out of the habit of maintaining a healthy weight as they get older. And then it gets harder and harder to kind of get back to that place where they're fit. And then you add on the day in and day out work grind and potentially having a family or just a very stressful job. Maybe you're working multiple jobs and you go back to school. I don't know. There's multiple things you can do. And it just becomes a low priority to maintain a healthy weight. And then you're eating, you know, crappy food that's processed and you're not exercising, you're not sleeping properly. And then suddenly you're 40, 50 pounds overweight and or more. And now it feels like this very difficult thing for you to tackle. I think that happens to a lot of people. And I encourage you, if that's you, that there is there are things that you can do today to really, really change that. And there are healthy habits, uh, like even all the ones that I've mentioned, that will move the needle for that. It's more about you sticking to it day in and day out and building up that confidence and self-love again to be able to do that for yourself. I will also suggest that if you're in a place where you're like, damn, I've gained a lot of weight and I don't want to feel like this anymore, I would work with a professional. I would, If you can afford it, I would outsource it. I would work with a weight loss health coach who you're checking in with every single week who's there helping you. There are so many people online who do this, so many wonderful people who do this. And I think if you have professional help, I think you're going to be way more successful compared to yo-yo dieting and you know, doing a workout plan and then quitting it and then starting a new one and doing this cleanse and this detox. It's like, no, let's get some real results and work with somebody professionally for six months to a year, I think is the best recommendation for that. Okay, now, you know, I want to talk about the fun biohacking side of this, which is like kind of my favorite. So I think a lot of people listening to this likely have everything I just mentioned down. Like you, you likely have all of that intact. You likely are, you already know a lot of what I've already said. You are set up for this. You are working on your longevity, your health span every day, and you have those building blocks and pillars in place. 
And if that's you, congratulations. That is a lot of work, a lot of time, likely a lot of money. Good job. I'm proud of you. And keep going because doing that type of self-care day in and day out is really what will count in terms of helping extend your health span. Now, there's a lot of other things that we can do that have new research that has come out. And most of these things need more research, which is typical, but doesn't mean you can't try them. So first and foremost, we have to talk about fasting. We have to talk about caloric restriction. Now, there actually is a difference, but well, I guess there is and there isn't. There is a difference between caloric restriction and intermittent fasting. So caloric restriction involves reducing calorie intake without malnutrition. Some animal studies suggest that caloric restriction may extend lifespan and improve markers of aging, which is essentially health span. However, you know, we need more investigation on this for human long-term impact on humans. So that means you could eat a diet every single day that's lower in calories, something like a thousand calories a day, maybe, and you would be able to get those benefits. I think it depends on everyone. It's different for everyone. And then we have intermittent fasting, which I just talked about on my other podcast episode, where we alternate between periods of eating and fasting, which is abstaining from food. Popular methods include the 16-8 method, which is 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating, or periodic 24-hour fasts. Intermittent fasting promotes autophagy, which is a cellular cleaning process. This is really interesting. I, oh man, I love fasting. I think it's such a fabulous tool for so many people. So many people. I think it's great. I, I really, really do. I, however, I think that women in their fertile years are the most, no, okay, that's not accurate. One of the most susceptible populations to the negative sides of fasting. So if you are fasting too much, for women, it can disrupt your hormones, which can disrupt your menstrual cycle, which can disrupt your sleep, which can, you know, all of it disrupts your fertility and your reproductive health in general. So you have to really be careful. I would suggest fasting during the phase of your menstrual cycle that makes sense for you, which I talked about on my previous episode. Or I would do it just not as often. So I would do maybe like a 24-hour fast once a month. Or I would do maybe a three-day fast once a quarter. Like I would kind of have these little moments where you're fasting without day in and day out 16-8 fasting. Even though it's great for other reasons, even though it's great for your health, your longevity and that type of thing, I think you have to really be careful with your hormones. Now, for men, it's different. You can do a 16-8 fast and you will be fine. <laughs> because men's hormones work in a 24-hour cycle, you will not have the same impact. And so if I was a man, I would fast every single day of my life. 100%, I would be intermittent fasting every single day. And I would do it, uh, I would, I don't know. I, I would have to like play around with if I would not eat breakfast or not eat dinner. But I would have water and tea, potentially black coffee before food, and I would reap the benefits of, of doing that. And I think there's a lot to be said about this. And 
yeah, I just really encourage all the men out there to fast if you can. For women who are postmenopausal, you can also fast every single day. And I really recommend it. I really, really recommend it for postmenopausal women. I think it's great for weight management as well. It's also great for managing blood sugar levels and not, you know, being in this swing of highs and lows every single day. And I just think there's a lot of benefit there for those populations. Okay, the next one is cold exposure. We love cold therapy. I love cold therapy. So cold thermogenesis. So this is exposing the body to cold environments can activate brown adipose tissue, which burns calories to generate heat. Cold exposure may also enhance circulation and potentially improve immune function. I love this. I love cold therapy. And then the other one that can even go with this is something called cryotherapy, which is like whole body cryotherapy. And this involves brief exposure to extremely cold temperatures, typically in a cryo chamber. Some proponents suggest that this may reduce inflammation, improve recovery after exercise, and potentially enhance overall well-being. I think cold, cold therapy is fabulous. I think everybody can do it. If you are, I think you can start really early and I think you can start really easily. So something like a 30 second cold shower or a one minute cold shower after you've had your hot shower. I wash my face with cold water every single morning. No hot water at all. It dries out my skin, but it's also a little dose of cold therapy right in the morning. And it definitely wakes me up. And I, I, I still kind of cringe when I do it, but I do it anyway. <laughs> and. I also have a cold plunge ice barrel outside of my condo, and I will link that in the show notes. This is great. I, I loved it in the summer. In the winter, it's definitely harder for me to use. The whole thing is actually frozen right now because I didn't empty it, so I can't even really use it right now. But this is a great way to do cold therapy. When we build our sauna, I will be putting a shower outside the sauna so that I can do hot cold therapy right there. And, you know, what I, what I really like doing is sauna 20 minutes, cold shower two to three minutes, sauna 20 minutes, cold shower, sauna, cold shower, and three rounds of that. That was like my go-to. And you feel so good after that. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh, I I'm just like, even right now, it's like what I'm looking forward to the most <laughs> is that, is doing that cold, hot therapy coming up this summer. And so obviously, you know, on the flip side of cold therapy, we have heat therapy and saunas. This is not surprising. Regular sauna sessions induce sweating and increase heart rate, promoting cardiovascular health. Saunas may also stimulate the production of heat shock proteins, which assist in cellular repair and may have anti-inflammatory effects. Honestly, I cannot say enough good things about being in a sauna or a steam room at all. I argue that every single person should be in one of them at all times. No, not at all times, but should be using them three to four times a week. I think I have had a regular sauna practice since 20, honestly, probably since I started biohacking. So probably 20, probably 2018. Yeah. So six years now I've had a regular sauna practice, meaning I sauna three times a week minimum. And it is my favorite biohack, hands down. It will always be my favorite biohack. 
And there are so many reasons for this. And so increasing your health span is merely one of them. To be able to sweat, increase your heart rate, help with your cardiovascular health, help with the production of heat shock proteins, which help with cellular repair, and it has anti-inflammatory effects. So why would you not have a sauna practice? I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Plus all of the endorphins that are released, right? The beauty about saunas is that it is a parasympathetic way of sweating. So what do I mean by that? That means that when you're in your parasympathetic state, you are very calm. You are in rest and digest. So when we exercise, we are not in the parasympathetic state. We are more in fight or flight. Now there are obviously endorphins that are released as well when we exercise, but there's also things like adrenaline released and cortisol. With the sauna, you don't get that as much. I think you, I think you do by the end of it, especially if you do it as long as I do. I think you do, you know, obviously with your heart rate going up, there will be a bit of release of cortisol and, and adrenaline with that. However, for the majority of the time that you're in there sweating and assuming you're not exercising while you're in the sauna, you are in a parasympathetic state. You are sitting down. Chances are you're not talking or you are talking to somebody and everybody knows saunas are a great place to have life chats, but chances are you're not talking. And so there is this very deep meditative state that typically comes when we do heat therapy like this. So I recommend if you have not included a sauna practice in your life, you need to do it this year. I think it's a game changer. I think I feel better about my life, about myself, about my body, about my skin, about everything after sauna. Like I I can't even talk enough about it. Because I just think it's so important. I think it's so important. I understand in Finland and Finnish culture why saunas are in every single apartment now. I, you know, I think about having kids and I think about, okay, how old do they have to be to go in the sauna? Like four or five? Okay, great. (laughs) Sounds good. I will train them. (laughs) I just think there's so much benefit from it. And I encourage you. I encourage you so much to add this in for your longevity. If that's if your longevity is your number one priority, then you need to have a sauna practice. Again, I will probably do an episode coming up on the different types of saunas, how long, what temperature, all of the stats, all those things. But all of that you can just find online. There's so many podcast episodes already about it. So look into that. Okay. I definitely want to touch on a couple of supplements because we kind of have to when we talk about this space. And I think a lot of people are very interested in NAD+. So this plays a crucial role in cellular energy metabolism. NAD levels decline with age, and some studies explore the use of NAD precursors like nicotinamide, riboside, which is like NR, or NMN to support cellular function. However, we need more research in this space. So there's a lot of supplements out there that have these kind of like longevity supplement stacks now. I think some of them are great and I think some of them are bogus. 
The one that I particularly like to use is Mimeo. This is a great supplement. It has all of that in there. It has the NMN. It has the other ingredients that really help promote cellular function and cellular autophagy, which is like the cleanup of your old dead cells and also autophagy. And so that's what I use. I like that it has the four different biomimetic ingredients in it and it mimics the benefits of fasting because like I said earlier, I don't fast every single day. It actually mimics the benefits of a 36-hour fast. So I think it's fabulous. I I really, really do. And that's why I work with the Mimeo team because I really support their product. There are other ones on the market now and there's more and more brands coming out with NMM. I would just be careful. I would be careful on quantity or not quantity. I'd be careful on quality and go with a reputable source. Again, like I really sussed out Mimeo Like we talked for a long time, a long time before I started working with them. And I personally just support what they're doing and I love that product. And so I'll just always use that one. We can also talk about polyphenol rich foods. So polyphenols. And I think a lot of people know about these, but they're worth mentioning because I do think they do play a role in longevity and increasing our health span. So things like green tea, this contains polyphenols like catechins with antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. Green tea consumption has been associated with various health benefits, including cardiovascular health and improved cognitive function. We also have dark chocolate, which is rich in flavonoids. Dark chocolate may have positive effects on heart health and cognitive function. Choose chocolate with higher cacao content for maximum benefits. So milk chocolate and white chocolate does not count for this. It has to be dark chocolate to get those flavonoids. And then we have berries. So berries are packed with anthocyanins and other antioxidants. Berries may help combat oxidative stress and inflammation, potentially contributing to a longer health span. So I think just like having those foods in your diet is great. They're whole foods, they're nutrient rich, clearly. And I think having them, you know, a few times a week is fabulous. Again, Is it going to add years to your health span? Probably not. But that in conjunction with all of the other things we're doing will definitely make a difference. There are also a couple of other mind-body practices we can talk about that help with stress that are kind of beyond just meditation or taking a hot bath, which I love both of those things. But there are other practices as well. So we can look at something like Tai Chi which is a low impact exercise and combines flowing movements and deep breathing. Tai Chi has been associated with improved balance, flexibility, and stress reduction. Then we have Qigong, which is similar to Tai Chi and it involves coordinated movements, breath control, and meditation. It aims to balance the body's vital chi and, or sorry, vital energy, which is known as chi. Oh my gosh, it's Qigong. Wow. I can't believe I said Qigong. <laughs> Qigong, and it promotes overall well-being. So both of those, I think, are beautiful things. They are Eastern practices, and they're very popular. And just in general, I think there's something to be said about breath work here in general. So I think that we are getting at breath work, better at breath work. I think more people are becoming aware of the benefits of it in terms of deep breathing, exhaling, and really focusing on 
non-shallow breaths, right? So breathing in and filling up your stomach with all of that air and then breathing out slowly and exhaling and letting that all out, which helps regulate our nervous system, which then helps reduce our stress, which then helps increase our health span. I also want to talk about epigenetic modifications. Epigenetics is very interesting. It's basically the study of changes in gene activity that do not involve alterations to the underlying DNA sequence. And so lifestyle factors, including diet, stress management, and environmental exposures may influence epigenetic changes that impact aging. So this is really, really interesting. I think that, first of all, you would have to have your DNA tested to understand this. You would have to know what you're working with, what variations you have of DNA, and what that means. Now, there are a bunch of companies that you can work with to do this. The DNA company is one of them. That's who I had my DNA tested with. And it was really, really interesting. And I definitely did make modifications when I found out. So I think for this lens, it's like, okay, get your DNA tested, potentially talk to the company. I think a lot of them do like consultations or, I mean, you could work with someone like me and I can look at it. And then we can talk about how do we, how does this impact your longevity? How does this impact your aging? And and what can we do about it right now? And what genes are associated with aging? And do you have them turned on or off? Or how do you turn them on and off? And what variations do you have? I think that's, honestly, that could be a whole nother podcast episode, but I would look into that if this is something that you are interested in learning more about. And last but not least, I want to just mention methylene blue. So methylene blue has been studied for its potential to support mitochondrial function, which is the powerhouse of the cells, which we all know from grade five biology. It may have antioxidant properties and can play a role in energy metabolism. I personally have not tried methylene blue. So I have some in my fridge. I haven't done it. Haven't tried it. I could. I just haven't done it. I probably should. And I think it's interesting that more and more people are getting into this. It makes sense though, because I think longevity is such a hot topic. So many people are talking about it. So many books have come out about it. My goodness, that it makes sense that we are seeing the popularity of this grow and grow and understanding it better. I actually should bring a methylene blue expert onto my podcast because I'd love to pick pick their brain about it because I feel like I don't know too much about it, but I would love to understand the molecule and like how it all works better. Someone, oh, speaking of, someone actually sent me a message on Instagram saying that there's like a methylene blue skincare company now that you can use that like, uses the ingredient to target skin issues, which is super interesting. But anyway, that is my long list of things that you can do to extend your health span today, tomorrow, and in the upcoming weeks and months. I would really encourage you to take a couple of things that you might not be doing and add them in and experiment with them and go from there. I don't think that a lot of people are doing all of these things every single day. I think it might be impossible, but I definitely think that you can bring these healthy habits in and these foods and supplements in in a very balanced manner to live healthier for longer so that, you know, when you're 80 or 85, 
you're still in that like 75% plus zone of your health, right? Like you're still in that zone of you're mentally sharp, you're physically able to do things. And that is because of these very healthy lifestyle choices you've been making for decades, decades. Okay. Like that's how long it takes. So I encourage you. I think that we are only going to see more and more research come out about this as the years go on. And I will probably do a new episode on it next year because I just think there's so much to say about it. So let me know what you think of this episode. You can send me a message on Instagram. Shout out to the people who actually messaged me last week who were so sweet. They sent me voice notes just like so encouraging, explaining how much they love the podcast. And one of them, I was like almost going to cry because it was just so nice to get such good feedback. This podcast is really small. I mean, I'm now in the top 1.5% in the world, but I have a very small team. And so it means a lot to me when I get good feedback from you. It means a lot when you do reviews and support the show. So thank you so much. And I will catch you next week or later this week, I guess, for another episode. And episodes come out every Tuesday and Friday. So please subscribe and rate the show and follow along as I continue to share about biohacking and health optimization. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.